Good morning, it's Thursday, November 2nd, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories along with other important things going on in our community. Today, why one Bisbee resident has major concerns about the new City Hall's construction project. Now some Arizona history. Did you know that Priscilla Naminga Nampeo was a renowned Hopi Tiwa potter, celebrated for her traditional work? She was the eldest daughter in a lineage of potters, with her great-grandmother being the famed potter Nampeo. Naminga created her pottery using clay from the first mesa, adding ground sandstone and painting with yucca brushes. Her distinctive fine line designs often featured bird and feather patterns inspired by her family's traditional designs. Despite the loss of their original meanings, these designs became emblematic of her work. Her pottery is displayed in several institutions, including the Herd Museum and Museum of Northern Arizona. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our feature story. On the October 17th Bisbee City Council meeting, resident Jeff Harris voiced concerns about the new City Hall's construction project. This project, valued at $3.9 million, was awarded to BFL Construction Company, but Harris had questions about the transparency of this award process. His main contention was that the city failed to post the contract publicly. As a result, Mayor Ken Budge and several council members, including Leslie Johns, Anna Klein, Frank Davis, Joni Giacomino, and Juanetta Hill, didn't inform the public about its contents. This omission meant that the citizens were left in the dark and couldn't raise questions or concerns. Further emphasizing his point, Harris said that this lack of clarity in the city's award process was a significant departure from Arizona's public policy. He believed that the city's auctions hindered taxpayers from exercising their right to protest against potential liabilities that the city wanted to take on. In addition to this, Harris has another grievance. The city apparently didn't address his public record request, which sought details like the names of the selection committee, notifications to other bidders about the contract award, the ongoing contract negotiations, and the contract itself. Ultimately, Harris urged that the city hall contract be temporarily halted. He wanted the city to release the records he requested on October 23rd, allowing residents an opportunity to protest the award. However, there's an interesting twist to this story. During the same October 17th meeting, it was highlighted that BFL Construction's job award depended on the approval of a still-under-negotiation contract. City Clerk Ashley Coronado clarified the situation. She mentioned that the city was still in talks with BFL Construction regarding the contract, which wasn't finalized during the last council meeting. Both the mayor and city manager acknowledged the matter and assured that the contract would be revisited for approval once ready. City manager Steve Pawkin also weighed in, explaining that city attorney Joe Estes and BFL were working on some modifications to the contract to reduce costs. As a result, Harris's protests about the contract were rendered void. Pawkin emphasized that the public couldn't be shown a contract until it received the city council's final approval. He's hopeful, however, to present the contract at the upcoming November 7th meeting. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Hi, this is Kylie Young with Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista. We know the holidays can be a stressful time for those caring for aging loved ones. It's why we have a free resource page on our website with valuable information and support for caregivers. There are blogs, guides, webinars, and more 
touching on topics that range from memory loss to fall prevention to mental health and much more. Courtesy of Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, it's available at prestigecanhelp.com. That's prestigecanhelp.com. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lolly from the Lolly Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lolly dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lolly deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where we get to sit down with the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, and talk about all things Cochise County sports. But before we do that, how about them Raiders? Oh, my goodness. My prayers finally were answered. They fired the coach <laughs> and fired the GM. And then poor D-backs, man. I think their, their season is about to ready to end. But hats off to the Texas Rangers, man. They said they're undefeated on the road, and it's been... It's not over till it's over. People thought the D-backs would be out when they had headed back to Philly. So. But it's a, there's teams that have a 3-1 edge win the World Series 85% of the time. Yeah, those are pretty good odds. Oh, I, especially when you go back to Texas for two games, and you got three games to win one. I mean, we said six, and it still may go six, but... But the D-backs have been beating the odds all postseason, so I can't count them out till the very end, and we're rooting for them till the very end. But, Bruce, what's happening at Cochise County oh, Sports, man? Oh, my goodness. Man? It's been a wild week, Jeff. Uh, we're going to begin with cross-country today. Last Wednesday, when you were taping the show, the sectional meet was about ready to take place that afternoon in Rio Rico, and uh, Buena was running... Uh, Benson was running, Douglas was running, Bisbee, Wilcox, all our Cochise County schools. And I'm happy to report that both the Benson boys and Buena boys won team sectional championships. Oh, nice. Way to go. And even better, Gabe Cummins, our Athlete of the Week, best of preps, the sectional champion for Division Two. So hats great. off to Gabe. We're really proud of him. So, yeah, so the Buena boys took, sec- took first in the Division Two championship. Ironwood Ridge was second, followed by Catalina Foothills third. And uh, in the D2 boys race, there was 77 athletes. So as we said, Cummins was first. He ran a time of 1627.2. And teammate Nick Heiser was right behind him at 1630.8 in second place. So uh, first and second for Division Two. And uh, Buena is going to state. The boys team is going to state in cross country. They're going to run this weekend. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Damian Volgendi. He finished ninth. Benjamin Page was 11th, and senior marker senior Marco Hernandez was 22nd, and junior Evan Strait was 32nd. The Buena girls finished fifth out of eight full teams. Uh, Ironwood Ridge took the title, followed by Cienega. In the girls' race, there was 67 runners. Senior Emma Donahue was 10th. Junior Abby Rourke was 11th. Margaret Flissar was a, was 51st. And so Donahue, Rourke, and Hernandez have all qualified individually for the state championships, which will be held this weekend in Queen Creek. In the uh, Division Four sectionals, Bisbee, Benson, St. David, Tombstone, and Wilcox all ran. And as we mentioned previously, the Benson boys won the team championship, followed by Bobby Keevery. They came in a close second, and Prince Ridge was third. Tombstone was fifth, Wilcox sixth, Bisbee eighth, 
and there was 10 teams competing in that division. The Tombstone and Benson Boys teams as a whole did qualify for state. So Buena Boys, Benson Boys, and Tombstone Boys are all headed to state with entire teams this weekend. We wish them the best. Recapping here real fast here individually. Placing for the Benson Boys, 74 runners in the race. Zeke Crowley was fourth. Freshman Jace Myatt, sixth. Senior Eric Myatt was tenth. Junior Cyric Ramirez was 11th. Freshman Solomon Crowley was 22nd. Sophomore Makai Pralgo was 26th. And junior Logan France was 32nd. The Benson girls, they had a full team, and they took second in their section uh, behind Push Ridge, and they too have qualified for state. So the Benson boys and the Benson girls complete squads. No surprises. Benson are going to state, Jeff. I mean, if it's not one sport, it's another sport that Benson's look pretty good in. Titletown, Cochise County. Benson, Arizona. And so, anyway, placing for the Bobcat girls, senior L.R. Allred, she took third. Willa Prago was 10th. Uh, Olsen Rayleigh was 15th. Junior Shannon Frost was 17th. Ara Stanley was 27th. And freshman Ireland Town was 28th. For the Bisbee boys, sophomore Dylan Arvisu, 39th. Edgardo Gamez, 40th. Junior Eduardo Nevarete, 48th. Freshman Pete Nopity, 51st. Michael Hernandez, 53rd. Michael Florida, 65th. And then uh, for the St. David Tigers, uh, Corbin Fry, he was an individual runner. St. David didn't have a complete team. He took 21st. He's going to state as an individual this weekend. Freshman Zach Barton was 50th. Freshman Ezra Fry was 62nd. So as we mentioned, Corbin's going back to state. And from what Linda said in her story, this is the second straight year in a row that he's gone to state in cross country. So hats off to him and this accomplishment. That's not easy to do. So for the Tombstone boys, uh, junior Landon Pease was 12th, Anthony Pyro 14th, freshman Jason Whipple 29th, freshman Colton Thursby was 30th, senior Valen Morales 34th, junior Denary Jackson 38th, and junior Ethan Burcott 45th. For the Tombstone girls, senior Cora Lehman was 4th, freshman Kiana Yopico was 6th, Ella Waljun was 19th, and freshman Ariana Cañas was 22nd. So Lehman, Waldron, and Yopico were all headed to state this weekend for with the uh, Yellow Jackets. For the Wilcox boys, individually for them, Sawyer Thompson was 19th, junior Jonathan Rodarte was 23rd, Nathan Riggs 24th, freshman J.D. Wetton was 38th, his brother Lane Wetton was 42nd, so you got the younger brother beating the older brother here, which was kind of surprising. And freshman Mark Wilson, 57th. Thompson, Rodarte, and Riggs are all headed to state for Wilcox. And as we had mentioned previously, state will be Saturday, November 4th at the Cave Creek Golf Course for all divisions. So we wish our athletes the best. We invite you to stay tuned to the Herald Review next week. And as we get the results, we'll be sure to get everything online. So, you know, I tried running in high school. It just it wasn't for me. I found it rather tedious and boring. But hats off to these kids. But... What I thought was kind of unusual this race is they uh, they ran the Buena Boys at 4, they ran the Buena Girls at 4.30, they ran the Douglas Division at 5 and 5.30, and then they ran the other schools at 6 and 6.30, and by 6 now it's getting dark, and you're out in the boondocks. So I talked to some of the coaches, and I said, how, how was it running at night? They said it actually wasn't bad. They really enjoyed it. They said they just wished the course had been a, bit, a little bit better lit, but they had those solar lights along the course, 
to help guide them along the way. And uh, from a photographer standpoint, um, the guy that was trying to shoot for us, he did well for Buena, <laughs> didn't do well for the other schools because the lighting as the was sun just, went down. As the sun went down, but and then you don't only use flash on the kids because it could be a distraction. So, but hats off to them. But how about some football? Should we talk football? My goodness, we got the story time. of Cochise County, the Breen Academy Eagles, their first ever sectional championship. Eight and no, Jeff. We were there last Thursday night. Man, that game was was fun. Yeah, it was something special again to watch head coach Jalen Hampton and his young team in their second year of existence running the table. Eight and no. They were playing the number one versus number two, seven and zero versus five and zero, and I knew it wasn't going to be a fifty-one nothing ball game, and sure enough, it wasn't. But I mean, I mean, hats off to Boreen. As soon as they went up, they fell behind and they came back and regained the lead in the following possession. Yeah, a lot of defensive grit shown oh, on yeah. the field. Yeah, really some big time play by them. And I was super stoked and happy that we could be there. Uh, stats for the game Andre Shields, quarterback for the Eagles, 128 yards passing, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. That was one of the first times I saw him hurried this year, which led to those two picks. He also had 65 yards rushing. Jason Powell, 51 yards rushing, 98 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. It's Jason Powell, basically. He's a player that stepped up that night in a big way, man. Well, in that postgame interview, we talked about he made the three most important catches in the game, the two for the touchdown that gave them the win, and then the interception at the very end of the game. We gave him headlines, and we gave him a photo in the Sunday edition of something that he can keep and cut out and nice. for, show forever in his kids that Powell helps Breen Academy finish the end of the season undefeated at 8-0, and they're back at home tomorrow night. We'll be talking about that more in a second, but I also want to shift gears and talk to Boy about Wayne and Colts, man. They want a thriller. I wasn't there, but you were. 15-14, Jeff? Yep, and you'd be proud as a former kicker. kicker. It was the field goal kicker who ended up putting through the go-ahead field goal that gave them the win with about less than three minutes to go in the game. It was fantastic. It was a great effort and a total team effort by the Colts to pull off that win to go get their seventh win of the year. They could get eight wins, the most that they've had in who knows how long? Wait till you hear the latest state rankings. I mean, they are they're sitting pretty right now, and it's to a point where I think a loss Friday night, God forbid, wouldn't hurt them. I think they could still get in, but they'll probably get the last seed. But at the same time, what a game! And Buena seven and two overall, two and two in region, and they're playing Casa Grande this Friday night, who's also two and two in region. So that's going to be a dogfight. Stats for that game: quarterback Nash Moore. 9 and 19, 112 yards, one touchdown passing. Uh, running back Michael Lujan, 19 carries, 82 yards of TD. Wide receiver Simon Peter Johnson, four receptions, 51 yards. Linebacker Adrian Bonilla, 14 tackles. Linebacker Braden Hall, seven tackles. Charlie Price, seven tackles. Uh, Latavius Walker, seven tackles. But most importantly, Benjamin's field goal, Benjamin Macharulo. His 43-yard field goal average, or no, he averaged 43 yards on four punts, but his 28-yard field goal to put them ahead was a difference. And I always enjoy seeing games like that, and it's just unfortunate that I was not there to see it. But I was watching a good game in Tombstone. But also, too, reverting to our Douglas Bulldogs, um, they've won four in a row. They've gotten off to a, a very 
hot finish. Unfortunately, it won't be enough to get him into postseason. They were in Tucson last Friday night taking on the Rincon Rangers, and they pounced them 50-7. to Ivan Higuera, our sophomore zippy quarterback, 8 of 11, 112 yards, 3 touchdowns. 10 rushes, 108 yards, 3 touchdowns. Emiliano Berthley, 13 receptions, 154 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 cost fumble. And Jason Hurtado, 11 carries, 101 yards. And uh, so hats off to them. So the Bulldogs, Buena, wrap up the regular season this Friday night. We'll be talking about that more here later in the show. And then as they were concluding their play, uh, two-way was wrapping up its seasons. Uh, Benson's season came to an end, unfortunately. They finished the year 4-6, and 2-4 and four in region after losing to Tinka Verde 24-6. Uh, Dalton Crockett, quarterback for the Bobcats, 10-21 in passing for 148 yards, 101 TD. But he also had 18 tackles and one tackle for a loss, so he was doing it on both sides of the ball that night. Flint Davis, uh, three receptions, 56 yards, and a TD. Braxton Clough, three receptions, 52 yards, eight tackles. And linebacker Andrew Workman, 10 tackles. I'm anxious to see what they do during the offseason to fix or right the ship, so to speak. Um, we knew this next game was going to be a toughie. Bisbee traveled to Camp Verde. What was Camp Verde ranked coming into that? Camp Verde was ranked eighth. Okay. And Bisbee was seventeenth. Okay. And so it was it was a doable task. And Camp Verde actually scored. They went up, I think it was eight seven zero. And then Bisbee came back and scored, making it eight seven. They came back and scored, went up fourteen to eight. Bisbee came back and scored, making it sixteen fourteen, and then the wheels fell off. Final score seventy two to sixteen, Camp oh. Verde. So um series of mistakes and turnovers and everything else ended up hurting this team in the end. And so Bisbee ends the year 5-5 five and five overall, 4-2 and two in region. Sebastian Lopez, 7-16 in passing, 143 yards a touchdown. Bryston Meyer, eight, run, 8 carries for 63 yards a TD. Wide receiver Jose Mendez, 2 receptions, 95 yards, and 1 TD. Now I might add that as we just mentioned, Meyer had 63 yards rushing. That gave him 1,001 yards on the season. Wow. So he's got our another. So we're now at six. We're now at six. And we got some more athletes on the verge this weekend. Are we going to get to nine like last year? Uh, it's going to be close. But, I mean, we'll talk about that more in the show. So, yeah. So Meyer's the sixth Cochise County athlete to surpass 1,000 yards this season. We have four quarterbacks and two rushers. And Lopez is one and one of each of those. And so, ironically, Bisbee has a first and second overall rushers in Cochise County right now in Lopez and Meyer. I think Meyer's going to get beat, or he's going to get topped this weekend by what's about to happen here down south. We'll talk about that in a second. Tombstone had a senior night. We were there, went to check out the Yellow Jackets. I showed up, and DJ's in plain clothes. And it was like, what's going on? I'm not playing tonight. You're the quarterback. He said, I'm not playing tonight. So I go to Dominic. What's going on? He said, we're resting him tonight. He said, we're saving him for state. I said, who's your quarterback? You want to guess? Number 13. No way. Malachi? Malachi, Look quarterback. Why not? He didn't do a bad job passing. I don't have his passing stats here in front of me. But uh, quarterback, running back Adrian Torres had eight, eight carries for 94 yards. Malachi did have seven rushes for 60 yards. But the standout of the night was senior Jacob Weichel. Uh, Ten tackles, three sacks. This kid's a beast, man. He uh, he was all over the field that night. 
And I had a chance to talk to his dad, Rodney, during the game. And Rodney, he's an official, but whenever Jacob plays, he's not an official. He's there as a parent to watch his son. When they were introducing the seniors, he was just beaming with pride. And we talked to Rodney after the game, and it's kind of sad for him because he knows this is Jacob's last year, but now we're all waiting to see what kind of offers Jacob's going to get to go to the next level. So while that was going on, Wilcox was up in Tucson spanking the Catalina Trojans where they secured the San Pedro Region Championship for the second straight year. So this was a team that was 0-3, and they're 6-4 and overall, 5-1 and in conference, and they were able to secure a second straight championship this year, so hats off to the Cowboys. Uh, stats for this game, Ed Tingle, seven tackles, one sack. Caleb Cook, seven tackles. Orrin Allsett, five tackles. Uh, Remington Todd had a 90-yard kickoff return, and Landon Ward had two punt returns, including one from 75 yards. So hats off to the Cowboys. St. David went on the road to Hayden, and we knew this was going to be an uphill battle for the uh, the Tigers, 62 to nothing. Yeah, their season's over. They finished year 6-5. and five. But check this out. Roman Tilton, the, the fourth quarterback, 11 of 28 for 175 yards. He's actually, in his passing stats, it'll come out Friday in the Herald Review, he's now amongst the top six quarterbacks in the, in the county. He's, he's come out strong. He's stepped up to the challenge. So, yeah, hats off to him. Uh, Gannon Carafa had five receptions, 95 yards, six tackles, and linebacker Chase Pacheco had nine tackles in the game. So St. David's done, Bisbee's done, Benson's done, and so – of the nine schools that are playing football, four are done, five are still playing. Wilcox and Tombstone are headed to state this weekend. Breen's playing Thursday night, and you got Buena and Douglas. But we also began state volleyball on Tuesday night, Jeff. Uh, no, unfortunately, there was no state for Buena, no state for Douglas this year. But Wilcox hosted Gilbert Classical Tuesday night in the state playing tournament game, and they won 3-2. to two. Benson hosted Glendale Prep in another state playing game, and they won 3-0. to zero. So on Wednesday, the brackets are being reshuffled now, and then the top 16, which these two teams will be a part of, will go to the next round of the state tournament, which begins November 4th at Mountain Ridge High School in Glendale and Sandra Day O'Connor High School in Deer Valley. And uh, so th- we know they're going to go on and play. We just don't know who yet, so we're waiting to see what happens with that. And while that was going on, uh, St. David was able to pull out a win in their game last night. They beat Lincoln Prep in three straight games. And so now St. David now advances to the state quarterfinals and semifinals, which will be November 3rd for the quarters and semis at Coronado High School in Scottsdale. So St. David is going to play a team called Rock Point. I'm learning cities I didn't even know before. Rock Point is in northern Arizona on the Navajo Reservation. It's actually called Rock Point City. So they're playing Rock Point High School, who's a seven seed. St. David's a two seed. So if they win there, that game's at 1 p.m. They're going to come back and play at 5 p.m. in the state semifinals against a team from the upper bracket. And then the state finals will be on Saturday uh, at 4 p.m. in Scottsdale. So we keep our fingers crossed for the St. David Tigers volleyball team. They're going to the tournament number two in the state, doing well. Hopefully they can keep it up. So, real quickly here, uh, state football rankings came out, and now we're only down to the two schools, Buena and Douglas. When the rankings were announced on Tuesday, Buena's 11th, Costa Grande 14th. This will be a very good game on Friday night, Jeff. It's going to be a really good game. 
And like I said, I I can see if Bueno were to lose, I can see them dropping three or four, but not five to get out of it. But if they win, they'll only help themselves. But either way, I think either way, Bueno's going to be on the road. I can't see them cracking the top right. eight to host. It would be sweet. So to me, there's more pressure on Costa Grande now because they're 14th. And they could actually drop to 17th. And that's where, ironically, that's where Bisbee fin- wound up in the state tournament. In this final rankings, Bisbee was 17th, one slot shy of making the top 16. So it always sucks to be that 17th team because you're you're right there. And, you know, one game could have made a difference. So we'll see what happens with that. And as we mentioned previously in the 4A rankings, uh, Douglas is 32nd, Sarita 51st. And so we'll see what happens there. So Thursday night football, we got a big game coming up. This, the first ever state playoff game for Breen Academy here in Sierra Vista, 7 p.m. We'll both be there for our respective news agencies. But they're playing, Breen's playing AZ Compass Prep. And this was a team that gave them trouble last time. And this is a team that kind of scares me. And uh, I'm hoping that Breen will be a little bit more on top of it not letting the playoff nerves and jitters get the best of them. And this is one game I would not mind seeing a 51 to nothing blowout. Right. Uh, because last game was a little too close. It wasn't even, decided. Even though they won 47-32. And it wasn't decided until the fourth. Right, when they finally pulled away. Yeah, and it was it was actually, I think at one point they were actually down. No, they were up 34-32, something like that. Yeah, it scares me a little bit because I see this team as a dangerous team. So we'll see what goes. Uh, as we mentioned before, Buena's going to host Casa Grande the Friday night, senior night for the Colts. Should Buena win and get in? Ironically, for the 5A state playoffs, they begin Thursday, November 9th. There is no Friday, there is no Friday November 10th games next week. So mm-hmm. Buena will play next Thursday, so which means they got a short week. Come on, Colts. Get us into the playoffs. It'll be nice to see you guys make the postseason. As we mentioned before, Douglas has no shot at making postseason at senior night for them, but what they do have a shot for is their little quarterback, Ivan Higuera, that we've been talking about. He needs 51 yards passing to reach 1,000, and he needs 34 yards rushing to reach 1,000. So a dual 1,000-yard season? He'll be the second. And I talked to Hunter Long, the head football coach, this morning before the show, and he said, I'm not at all surprised by this kid. His athletic prowess is unbelievable. And he cannot remember the last time a Douglas quarterback, and he's actually going to go back and search, if we've ever had a dual 1,000-yard quarterback, passer, and rusher. So as a sophomore, this kid is making a name for himself already. And he's making history. Yeah, and at the same time, watch out as a junior and senior. So Bulldogs are playing for pride. They're playing for their first winning season since 2007 when the team went 7-3. and three. If Douglas could win, they'd be 6-4. and four. If they lose, they'll be 5-5. Five and five. I don't see the Bulldogs losing this game. Um, I think the emotion of senior night, and I think Ivan's going to carry them to to the win and get his 1,000 yards in both rushing and passing. And so we'll find out how that goes. And while that's going on, we got two state playoff games going on. we got two and stone at Eloy Santa Cruz and Wilcox at Scottsdale Christian. I talked to the Wilcox uh, football coach on Monday, and he's a little upset with this showdown because he felt like his Cowboys – should have been ranked higher than what they were than 14th. And Scottsdale Christian's an all-private school out of Scottsdale in the heart of Rich Scottsdale. So he knows it's going to be a battle for his kids, but he said they're going to be ready and they'll do the best we can. Are you a bicyclist? Yeah, of course. You ride? I do. I mean, casually. 
Well, we got a state championship race coming this weekend to Sierra Vista. It's actually going to be on post Sunday, November 5th at Ren Arena. And the Buena Mountain Bike Club, uh, they are currently second in the Southern Conference Division I overall standings. They've had four races this year. The first race in Flagstaff, they took third. They won the Prescott race. They won the Snowflake race. They won, took second in the uh, Phoenix race. And they're hosting the state championships this weekend in Fort Huachuca at Ren Arena. Some of the athletes to watch out for this weekend, Emily Baron, Addison Ramage, Kyleen Heinz, and El Mata. And forgive me if I'm butchering your names. I'm not trying to. And then for the boys, Barrett D'Amato, Soren D'Amato, Aiden Taylor, Drake Huffman, Brendan Mozzie, and Andrew Stearns. These are all some of the top athletes that placed at the last race. We'll be having a promo story about the state championship for the Buena Mountain Bike Club in the Friday edition of the Herald Review. I'm actually going to go meet with the coach and some of the riders today when we get done taping this show. Saturday's a fun day for them to kind of just kind of mingle and everything else. And then Sunday's actual competition day. The first race is at 9. Last race is at 2.15. The awards will be around 3 o'clock. It's going to be a long day out there Sunday. But hats off to the Mountain Bike Club from Buena. We're going to be there supporting them and cheering them and, and having a story on them in a future edition of the Herald Review. I can't tell you how excited I am about this week's Athlete of the Week. I've covered him for the last three years. I can actually say I've actually seen him get bigger, faster, stronger. And uh, he's a beast on the defensive side of the ball. Tombstone senior Jacob Weichelt. He's my Athlete of the Week this week. Well, the team is celebrating this. It's returned to the 2A state playoffs for the first time since 2016. There's probably no one more excited than Jacob because he's been fighting for this, working for this opportunity for three years. And when I sat down with him and his dad to do the interview, I did not realize where all Jacob has been and come from. Uh, he's been playing football since he was five years old. He began in the Huachuca City Youth Football League. He then attended Joyce Clark Middle School. And his freshman year, he was playing at Buena for Dominic Bonilla. When he was the freshman coach when, there. When Dominic was a freshman coach, and, and Jacob's dad, Rodney, was an assistant coach to Benia. So that was also the COVID year when all heck was breaking loose with these teams. And so after the freshman year, Bonilla leaves and goes to Tombstone. Well, the family talked. Jacob said, I want to go to Tombstone. So they relocated him to Tombstone. And according to his dad, he has flourished as a student where he now has a 3.75 GPA accumulative wow. at Tombstone High School. So not only is he a good football player, he's a smart student, and that's going to help him get better scholarship offers. He said the transfer to Tombstone is a move he has not regretted. He's really enjoyed playing for Bonilla, getting, and Bonilla had nothing but high praise for him, calling him not only a tremendous athlete but a natural leader. He keeps everyone's spirits up on the field, the coach said. And he said he's obviously gotten bigger, faster, stronger, and grown mentally in the game. And he's the anchor for the offensive and defensive line. What I did not know until I was doing the research for this story, through nine games this season, Jacob is tops in the state in 2A in sacks. And he's 11th in the entire state, 1A through 6A in sacks. Wow. So 1A through 6A, he's averaging. Jacob has 11 sacks through nine games. And he's eighth in the entire state, 1A through 6A, and tops in 2A. It gets better. He has 96 tackles, placing him second in the 2A San Pedro region, eighth in the state amongst 2A schools, and 23rd in the state overall, 1A through 6A. 
What's a pancake block? Do you know what a pancake block is? Where you block someone and then you feed them pancakes. No? Is that not it? It's where the offensive player overpowers a defensive player and basically puts them on the back. He's got 45. Goodness gracious. How, who keeps track of that? Uh, there's a stat for it. I found it off Max Preps. Okay. And uh, But I didn't know what a pancake block was, and so I had to Google it, and then I called Dad to confirm. What people don't realize is, is Jacob's also the center. He's the one that feeds the ball to Elias. So you got that tackle and nose guard right there in front of you, and so he's the one that's opening those holes because he's putting that defender on his back, basically. 45 pancake blocks in a, so far this season. That's an impressive number. He's also had two blocked punts and one blocked field goal. Jacob, we salute you. You're very deserving of this honor, and we're all anxious to find out what kind of offers are going to trickle in once the season's over. I think it's not going to trickle in. I think they're going to be flooding in. Well, okay, trickle's a bad word maybe, yeah, but we're anxious to see where he's going to go, and the family's already guaranteed me that once it happens, they will be sure to let us know, and we'll be there for the signing ceremony. But, you know, I watched him play. Last year, and then he wrestled last year, and he went 55-9 and nine as a wrestler in the 285-pound weight class. He finished fifth at state, and he's looking to do both at the next level. And some of the offers that he's received already are giving him that opportunity to do both. You know, he's excited for this challenge, but he's right now focused on Eloy. He wants to get past Eloy and get to the second round and make his high school football season last as long as it can. But as I said before, it was very touching Friday night to watch all the seniors come across, but to see Rodney and Holly, his mom and dad, there with him, they were beaming with pride. That's all I can say. They were just beaming with pride that night, and it was so cool to watch these athletes get recognized for their accomplishments. And I hope it's not over for Tombstone. I hope it's not over for Wilcox. I hope it's not over for Breen and Norbuena. Douglas, unfortunately, is going to end on Friday night, but... You know, to be where Douglas started and where they finished is an amazing accomplishment. And so, Jeff, I can't believe that high school basketball has already started tryouts this week. Buena's starting tryouts, Douglas, Bisbee, and we're going to be having basketball here in three weeks. And, you know, I'm hoping that we'll still have Buena still playing in the state playoffs and maybe Wilcox or Tombstone, but we'll see. But we've also got Coaches College Athletics kicking off. The basketball team kicks off this Wednesday night tonight at the taping. And then the Apache men will be at home this Saturday against AZ Post in a 4 p.m. game. Correction, 2 p.m. game, folks. 2 p.m. on Saturday in a non-conference game. And then they, uh, they're they going to go to Texas. They're going to play teams from Texas next week in the Thatcher Tournament, to correction. And basketball started at Cochise. We'll be having high school basketball, high school soccer, high school wrestling. But, you know, I'm just excited that we're having a great football season. Teams are doing well. And most importantly, I'm excited that it's getting cool again. I actually had to wear a sweater Friday night in, in Tombstone. It was nice, but at the same time, very comforting, Jeff. And so let's see what happens this weekend, sir. There we go. We know you'll have your eyes on it, and you'll have it all wrapped up for us in a nice, tidy little bow in the Herald Review Media, in print, online at myheraldreview.com and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. And is anybody else hungry for pancakes now? Maybe it's just me. Remember, if you are in the neighborhood of any of these games that Bruce talked about today, please consider attending because it means the world to these young student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldies station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. I'm going to go grab some pancakes, and now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. 
Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. Today, tune in to Game 5 of the World Series and watch the Diamondbacks make a comeback against the Texas Rangers. Down 3-1 in the series, they'll need all our support to pull off a victory. Head over to High Heat Sports Grill, Rookies, The Horned Toad, Paul's Pub, or wherever your favorite place to catch a game is. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of Gene McCraw. Gene was born in North Carolina and served in the Air Force from 1954 until 1958. Gene married Raquel in 1957, and they just celebrated their 66th wedding anniversary. Gene and his family moved to Sierra Vista in 1967, where he worked for civil service until his retirement in 1990. Gene's greatest passion was golf, fishing, and hunting. He golfed several times a week until the age of 85. Gene is preceded in death by two sons. He is survived by his wife, daughter, four loving grandchildren, and three beautiful great-granddaughters. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Gene's life and service. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.